Google Pixel, Google Pixel time. Look at it. Look, see the boxes. There's a bunch of pixels there. Uh, published a video upstairs. You should go check it out. Of course, if you want detail visuals, I do have one out of the box right here to give you a little preview. Uh, this is probably my favorite color combo at the moment. It's got the matte black, matte white finish on the back, and the matte black around the edge. Matte black. Mm. Matte black white back. There's a lot of, you see what's going on there? It's very difficult to keep it all together. Anyhow, this is probably my favorite color combo. Google's still doing what they do with the colorful side button as well, keeping that little, little bit of flair on little there. Accent. Yeah. Little accent. Uh, anyhow, what's it about? I mean, it's usually about the, the cameras when it comes to Pixel. You know, they were holding on to that thing with the single camera lens forever saying it's all going to happen in software. Now you have some zoom as well. So you're going to get 2x optical. But honestly, I was checking out the super zoom, hybrid zoom, software zoom, computer zoom, computational photography zoom thing that they're doing. And it's pretty wild. It's, I don't even know how much optical zoom you need when the software is capable of doing what it did or what it currently does on this version of Pixel. But, as you mentioned earlier, Will, a bit surprising they didn't include an ultra-wide since that's what everyone's doing in 2019. Mm-hmm. Ultra-wide everything. So that's not on there, worth noting. The other takeaway for me with this device, just in the limited amount of time that I've had with it, is the face unlock. How they went with the secure version, more advanced type of face unlock, but they removed the extra gesture or the extra swipe associated with every version of the advanced face unlock that we've seen up until this point. So you can unlock this thing just by lifting it to wake it up, putting it in your face, and then boom, you're into the OS without the secondary motion that you'd have with something like Face ID on iPhone. And then the other piece is is Google's commitment to this radar sensor in the top forehead. You, you got to believe, like, they they decided against going after any type of aggressive screen-to-body ratio to protect this face unlock, the front face sensors, and this radar sensor. Hmm. They they were sitting around in the boardroom, and they said, nope, those things are too important. We want them to be on this next generation. We don't care if people think that the device looks like a an older device, looks antiquated with the forehead on there. They packed the technology in there, even, as you'll find out in a, in a story that we're going to get to in a moment here, even at the expense of potentially uh, releasing in certain markets mm. where, where that type of technology is not approved yet for whatever reason. So it's legit radar built into the front of the phone. And what that enables is this motion sense input, which we've seen implemented not in the exact same way, but we've seen these kind of air gesture type of things in previous smartphones never reaching any kind of popular scale as far as i know from an from an app from a, an adoption standpoint can google do it will their implementation be the one that finally has people waving and swiping at their phones will waving and flailing in front of their phones is this the one i hope so it looks like really cool tech yeah it does it does and and if there's one thing i've kind of noticed just in general, especially with recent Pixel devices on the software side, they've been doing some amazing things 
with software. Assistant is getting clean and fast. And I mean, it's Google. They're paying. They got engineers, Will. Yes. You know how many employees they got worldwide? Boatload. Yeah, that's right, Will. And you're fast with that today. It's be, what are you drinking? Some tea over there? What is that? What do we got in the bottle? Uh, Hojicha tea. You see, that's what it was. Yes. That's what gave you that quick response today. And so you should keep it up for Delicious. the next time. So they're sitting, I mean, they're employing the top tier to top end type of dudes, and they're not sitting around. They're getting some work done, whether it's in assistant, whether it's in the OS as a whole, whether it's in notifications, uh, whether it's in camera software. And so part of me thinks if they're going to do it with the radar based situation, they're they're probably investing because they think they could do it well or better than what's been done in the past. Mm -hmm. So it will be interesting to see how that maps out. I can't really talk about it right now because the devices are pre-released at the moment. Right. The event just took place. So it's going to be a matter of time before we've got the software capable of the evaluation of some of these features, including the radar front-facing. Uh, what else? The 90 hertz display is another thing that I think tech fans are going to be into. If you haven't experienced that before, it's kind of exciting because it gives you this really quick feedback, this feeling of your device being substantially faster just because the screen has this twitchy nature to it. So the big one's going to have quad HD, uh, 6.3 inches, 90 hertz, OLED, and the small one, 5.7 inch at uh, 1080p. So the big one has a slightly higher pixel density. They've all they both got 6 gigs of RAM, Snapdragon 855. <clears throat> but as I mentioned, if you want more details, if you want the unboxing video of every single version of the current Pixel 4, including all the colors, go check out the video on Unbox Therapy. Uh, of course, the Pixel event encompassed more products from Google. So this episode here is going to kind of break down all the different things that happened at the event that took place today. Uh, Google, it's kind of crept up on us, but they've really turned into a hardware company amongst all the other things that they're doing. When you watch this event, you're like, Oh, right. <laughs> Google's making all these different devices now, mm -hmm. including their new Pixel Book, the Pixel Book Go. So that's their latest Chromebook. You probably remember the original Pixel Book, which was this fancy, flippy thing that was also a tablet with pen input and so forth, but kind of expensive as far as Chromebooks are concerned. This time around, they made a typical traditional laptop form factor, and they called it the Pixelbook Go. And along with that, they have a more aggressive, more attractive price point starting at 650 bucks. But the device, the construction of the device is all aluminum materials, kind of what people would typically associate with premium price tags. A very lightweight measurement there at Two pounds? Is that the official reading on that? Two pounds, Will? That's pretty incredible. It's a 1080p display. It's going to have Intel hardware inside. I think you can spec it with either an i3 or i5, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe you can verify that for me, Will. Of course, the entire Chromebook ecosystem, that's right, 8th gen Intel Core M3 i5 i7 processor. The entire Chromebook uh, segment... Is it even a segment? It's, I guess it's a segment because various manufacturers, uh, hardware manufacturers, make Chromebooks. Been very popular in certain institutional settings and also, uh, and, you know, and also with students. 
Mm. Students, they love the Chromebooks. Mm. So, of course, what this, what this allows for is thin and light laptops, hopefully with great battery life, running these trim and slim operating systems that allow students to have the, the, the bare minimum uh, Chrome browser, which essentially is for productivity, for homework, for your regular daily tasks is kind of just what you need mm -hmm. and, not, and not too much extra. Right. And so, I mean, I remember Chromebooks are getting old now. Like they're getting older in terms of life cycle. I remember when it first launched, the commercials on TV, it was like everything's in the cloud. Your stuff is always secure. It's immediately on when you, when you crack the lid open. This is the newest iteration. And what's interesting to me is that Google stepped away from the flippy, pen-based, kind of what Apple is pitching with the latest iPad, that the future of computing is not a clamshell, typical laptop format. Another example of that would be Microsoft with all those Surface products that are these different kinds of form factors when compared to the typical laptop. But I've, I've uh, spoken to you, Will, you've spoken to me around this office, everybody's got a laptop and a smartphone. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, 95% of our activities take place on one of those two devices. Right. And these things, the, the, the tablets, get you're reaching for them less. Mm -hmm. So it's some sort of combination of laptops having gotten thinner, lighter, with better battery life, and phones getting bigger and, and, and kind of doing a better job of consumption you're you're watching some video on there dealing with the consumption needs that you might use a tablet for so it's right. harder to reach for these things it's all it's up in the air each individual is going to have their own impression on that but anecdotally around the office myself included and maybe google is also buying into that same concept people are going to have a laptop they're going to have a phone give them a traditional well-built thin and light situation maybe that's where they're at with the go version of the pixel book the keyboard also kind of interesting same with those speaker grills they said it's going to be a quiet keyboard which is kind of an odd thing to advertise a hush keyboard yeah a hush keyboard is that a shot at apple and their chiclet style keyboard which is uh, i mean we all know it's it's a, it's a little on the loud side you can yes. give it a couple clickety clacks there willie do yeah, he's clacking away. It's pretty loud. So yeah. maybe that's a shot there. This one could be a little quieter. You you bother fewer people. Also, if you look at the keyboard, you see the speaker grills in a predominant location there, right on top. So hopefully they've invested in the audio performance as well. But it is a Chromebook. It's running Chrome OS. You kind of know if you're in the marketplace for something like that. I'm always surprised at how much I'm doing in Chrome. My whole... Chrome is almost my operating system, even when I'm on Mac or PC. Right. There's so few things I jump out of Chrome to do when I really think about it. So maybe I'm ready for a Chrome Chromebook experiment mm -hmm. when this one when this one jumps out. It could be. There's two colors that it comes in. Uh, it comes in what they're calling not pink, which is like this almost pink color, and then it also comes in the black color which I'm going to be more interested in myself. There's a couple of specifications. I believe you could take the thing up to, well, over a thousand bucks, if I'm not mistaken. You could take it up to... Well, these are Canadian prices. Uh, well, you could take it to around $1,300, $1,400, or you can start 
at 650, depending on the specification. You're just going to get more storage. You jump all the way up to a 4K display as well and a Core i7 chip. It's also a touchscreen if you do want to reach up and touch it. But I really feel like the emphasis with that product moves away from touch because they don't let you flip the screen all the way around. They're saying, it's a laptop. Enjoy your laptop. It's a thin and light laptop. Carry it with you because they put the grips on the bottom, as you saw. Mm. So I think it's an interesting play. I think it, it may be some sort of indication with Google backing off of tablets and leaning into Chromebooks that they may share my interpretation of the futuristic life as it is today in 2019 and maybe 2020, which is still, you got a laptop, you got a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Let's just live with it. Let's not try to reinvent it. Apple obviously disagrees. Microsoft disagrees. We'll see how that pans out. I should ask you guys, the audience, what's your optimal setup? How do you live your life? Is it a laptop and a smartphone? Are you getting it all done on an iPad or, or other Surface product that wouldn't fit into either of these categories? I'm curious. Let me know. Uh, they also talked about Stadia today. We covered Stadia on the last episode of this. Uh, we were talking about, what were we talking about? Oh, that negative latency got us all fired up. This yes. idea that potentially, you could potentially have better performance than some local heavy hitter hardware just because the algorithms, they're making moves. It's like predictive It's predictive. So how do you beat negative? It's a curious uh, thought, a curious thing to examine. If anyone could, uh, this is the same boat I'm in with the previous one where I'm like, if anyone could do it, probably Google could do it. <clears throat> the Founders Edition set to ship. We now have a date. That's the exciting thing that came out of this event. The date is November 19th, which is a lot sooner than I had expected them to say. That's in four days, Will. November? Oh, never mind. We're in October. Holy moly. That's November. That's in a month. That's in one month. Yes. That's still sooner than I expected. Yeah. Uh, they got to get it out before the holidays. They got to get it out before Christmas. This could be This could be a, a hot Christmas. This is a nice little package. A hundred and, what is it, 130? Uh, 130, 130. Yes. That's a Founders Edition. Founders Edition, 130. You get it for your teenager. You get it for your pals. It's a nice little package. It's a small little box with a with a fun controller inside. And all the promise in the world. The Chromecast is in there. And now they're gaming with the preemptive stuff, the algorithms in the cloud. And you don't have a gigantic console sitting under your TV. Mm. It, like, imagine you could take that thing all over the house. It's a controller and a tiny little Chromecast. Right. You're jumping around. You're moving around. You're playing AAA titles, as they say in the gaming world. Uh, all right, November 19th, launch confirmed at the event. Uh, what else? I mean, that's pretty much all they said. Oh, it'll stream games. You already know this. to Pixel 3, Chromecast Ultra, and Chrome web browser. So <clears throat> if you live in this, in this space here, you could potentially pick up this new Pixel, the new Pixel Book Go, and the Stadia Founders Edition. You could look at how the ecosystems are getting mapped out mm -hmm. now. It's, it's pretty much running your life. It's just like Apple. Yeah. Google is taking a page here. They have determined they need to be involved in all aspects of your life, from gaming to assistant on the phone to software to hardware to your laptop. And I could see you, you could get yourself tangled up over here. 
Yep. Just like you get yourself tangled up in the Apple ecosystem. Mm -hmm. You got to decide where you want to be tangled up. Although this thing's completely wireless. No, you're not tangled at all, at least physically speaking. It's getting anyhow, serious. Anyhow, November 2019. What's the hot title, Will? What's the hot title for Stadia? What's the launch title? Uh, I don't know if it's a launch title, but Cyberpunk is supposed to be uh, streaming on Stadia. Are you a big cyberpunk guy or what? Yes. Keanu Reeves, he's great. All He's right. going to be one of the main characters. And so it's going to launch on Stadia alongside the other formats? Same time? Uh, I believe so. What do they say? Initial release, April 16, 2020. So oh, that's, okay. that's definitely mind. not going to be a launch no. title, but an exciting title nonetheless. I think you just wanted to get the conversation to Cyberpunk 277. No matter what I, I said. Yes. You were just going to go there with it. Yeah. Anyhow, AAA titles, that's the main thing. It's going to take place in your, uh, that's just going to be bizarre, in your web browser or on your Chromecast or on your phone. Mm -hmm. uh, this one, this story is the one I'm getting hit up about the most. Obviously, uh, you, you probably know at this point, a lot of viewership here on this channel, also on Unbox Therapy, comes from India. And so people from that fan base, they're, they're reaching out, they're tweeting at me. They're upset that the Pixel 4, Pixel 4 XL are not going to be launching in India. And uh, Google came out. They got a statement on it. <clears throat> it turns out that some of the technologies in the device that I talked about earlier, the, the radar specifically that they're calling Sully, is not approved. The frequency band that it operates on is not approved for use for commercial use in, in, in India. It actually wasn't recently available in other places as well up in, up until recently it's the 60 gigahertz mm wave i'm not going to pretend to know exactly what that is I, I know what it is it's a frequency band but it just isn't hasn't been utilized previously for commercial by commercial entities my understanding is it's it's like military grade radar going on in here and so i don't know if Google figured they could get that rectified prior to the launch date of the Pixel and they could be okay in India. Or if they were just cool, they said to themselves, we really want to have this tech baked in here. So if that means we have to miss out on the Indian market with this particular phone, then so be it. Uh, this coming via TechCrunch. The bottleneck lies in the headline feature Project Sully, a radar-based motion-sensing chip baked into the new Pixel smartphones that relies on using a certain frequency band. The company failed to secure permission from the local authority in India to use this frequency band, which the nation has not yet opened for commercial usage. There's a statement here from Google. Google has a wide range of products that we make available in different regions around the world. We determine availability based on a variety of factors, including local trends and product features. We decided not to make the Pixel 4 available in India. We remain committed to our current Pixel phones and look forward to bringing future Pixel devices to India. So what's strange here is that they say we decided not to make the Pixel 4 available to India. Well, you couldn't. You didn't have approval to do right. so with the technology. I guess what he means by that is maybe there was an opportunity to disable that sensor in software uh. and still sell it or sell a version of this device without that sensor i don't know i'm speculating obviously uh but it doesn't it also could be that maybe they realize that this particular device in the pixel lineup now that you have the existence of the a version the 3a for example mm -hmm. 
with the Pixel 3. Maybe because so much of the smartphone consumption in India is in the sub $300, sub $200 price point that it wasn't worth it to make this secondary version of the device to comply with the local standard. And they just figure, hey, we'll do a Pixel 4a without that sensor at a later date. And, and maybe that's where this part of the statement comes in, where they say we remain committed and look forward to bringing future Pixel devices to India. So maybe there will be a version of this trimmed down a little bit with a more aggressive price point for the Indian market. Maybe the Indian market ends up winning in the end and getting a, a, a more aggressive device as far as competing with the other options that are available there that don't reach the rest of the world. As you know, we saw recently firsthand with the 7T Pro from OnePlus, that one's not coming here. Right. And I, th I feel like increasingly we're going to see this with regional smartphones set up for specific markets with that spec sheet mm -hmm. and a price point to match, depending on how competitive that local market happens to be. So it's it. I can still see it being unfortunate for India. Some people want to get their hands on this device. You want to have access to as much as you possibly can. Right. Uh, and maybe in the meantime, this will get approved for commercial usage within India. Maybe you'll see this exact device available at a later date if that takes place. But for the time being, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. I can't. What do you want me to do? Hop on the phone? All right, well, I don't know who to call. Uh, is it, who's the prime minister of India? Is it Modi? Did I, do I, did I remember that correctly? I think so. Yeah, Modi. All right, maybe I'll call him up. Seems like a cool guy. I, yeah, you got it. He's got the cool shirt going on, and uh, I know he's open for business. He's got the local manufacturing and everything else. That's his thing mm -hmm. with the smartphone uh, facil uh, manufacturing facilities going in. Mm. Maybe I call him up. Yeah, just hit him up. I say it's just a, it's just a it's just a miscommunication over here. Those bands, completely safe, sixty gigahertz, mm wave. I'm yeah. your guy. I'm, put me on the record. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the risk factor is in opening that up for commercial use. But the FCC approved it earlier this year, so so it's it's okay in the U.S. Obviously, in Canada as well, I have these devices sitting here. Did I rem did I tell you we have these a yeah. bunch of devices sitting there? There you go. Anyhow, all right. Uh, last one from the Google event that I consider to be interesting or important: Pixel Buds Two. This is something that was rumored. It didn't leak nearly as much as the Pixel Four itself. From a visual perspective, we didn't know what to expect. But speculation, mine included, was that it was going to finally be a fully wireless option. Because up until now, the previous version, Pixel Buds 1, were not a fully wireless thing. They had a wire connecting the two. Uh, they never, it never really hit. It wasn't that popular. You didn't see them in the street. Certainly not like AirPods. Now you have a product that looks to be more competitive with AirPods. In fact, the case, let's be honest, looks a lot like an AirPod case. Mm -hmm. Of course, it'll charge over USB Type-C. Uh, they went for a rounded approach, something the earbud itself looks kind of similar to the Microsoft product that was announced recently. What did they call theirs? Surface headphones? No. Surface. Surface earphones? Surface earbuds? Because they had Surface headphones previously. Did they call them that? I mean, yeah, Surface earbuds. Nice and simple. With Microsoft, everything's Surface these days, so yeah. keep it together. Anyhow, it looks sort of like a slightly smaller version of Surface earbuds 
the Pixel Buds 2, and it's going to fit in your ear, so a little deeper. It's going to isolate sound, maybe have an improvement on audio performance when compared to the design necessary to get the Apple AirPod because, you know, it can, sit, it, it, it can create a better seal when you have the interchangeable ear tip. But then they also thought about the fact that that can close you off too much from your environment. So they put a sound port in there to let some of the ambient noise in. You know I'm a big fan of this, Will, when you, you feel cut off when you're wearing earbuds around. So they thought about that. They also have some cool features, uh, Google googly features is what they called them. Hmm. You didn't know that. I just coined, no, they didn't call it that. W which are software, they seem like software-based features, which is it, it can run an analysis on your environment, raise and lower the audio mm -hmm. automatically, which seems like a really cool feature. Uh, of course, there's all kinds of, uh, integration with Google Assistant, as you would expect as well. There's fancy micro, uh, microphone stuff going on. You can interact with uh, these buds, right? By tapping, swiping. Tons of interaction. Yeah. Ton but I think they really want you to use voice. I think they right. I, I think they really want you to get into the, the idea of using Assistant for everything. Uh, 24 hours of battery life with the case included five hours just in the buds themselves. I think they're pretty attractive. The main thing here was to get an actual option that's fully wireless. I think that was the main thing. Uh, Google says more AI features will arrive over time. Currently, you can say, hey, Google, access assistant and live language translation. You can transcode your audio, your words through the microphone into text. Uh, it's got three-room performance for Bluetooth, so you can be a fair distance away from it claims that it's going to be able to work, or if you're outdoors as far as a football field. <clears throat> really? So they're pretty happy with their Bluetooth performance on there. They're kind of expensive, I guess, at 180 bucks. It does put them in the same territory as AirPods price-wise. It's in the same range. They're going to be available next spring. We're going to try to get our hands on them. They're headphones. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to sound. Are you going to see a sound improvement compared to the other options? Because the convenience thing, it's, 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 it's kind of static now. As far as, you know, I was making a case that I feel like the AirPods are so popular because of convenience, maybe more so than sound. N not that they sound, they sound fine. They're not the best sounding headphones for that price. So why are they out there? Why do so many people have them? Beyond the fact that they're Apple branded and they work so well with iPhones, it's because they're easy to keep on you. Right. They're it's so a tiny, convenient. Yeah, it's a nice tiny little, little package. package. Tiny little package, tiny little yeah. uh, buds. And so, but now they, so they sort of created the standard for what a convenient headset looks like. This looks like it's going to match that convenience-wise, but then how else do you get people to consider this over that? And that's where the assistant stuff comes in, potentially the audio performance, things like this, if you're going to convince people to spend their 180 bucks over here instead, because ultimately these are still Bluetooth devices, and they will work with, they will work cross-platform. So if you want to get AirPods working on Android, go for it. If, but if you really like Pixel Buds, they'll work on iPhone. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of start going after these other features and functions to try to convince people that your product is the one that they want. 
All right, last story for me. We're going to move away from the event. I guess this was sort of a special edition episode because the Pixel event took place today and we, we found out so much about various hardware products and so on. This video emerged for me on InsideEVs.com. You know, I'm always tracking the electric vehicle stuff. Uh, I'm always curious about what's going on. And specifically, I've been tracking the Porsche Taycan Turbo and Turbo S because it's this new play. And you have the video right there, Willie Do. Now, before you click on it, you just clicked on it. How dare you? Before you click play, as far as the numbers are concerned, the Model S P100D on paper is supposed to beat the Taycan Turbo S in a straight line in a, in a drag race. And... But historically, Porsche has been really conservative about how they list their 0 to 60 or 0 to 100 times. And sometimes their, their vehicles perform better than the numbers that they advertise. Historically, it's been the case. No one knows with this new model because it hasn't been tested. Well, what is this? Is this a German, is this a German uh, site automobile? I don't, I don't really know uh, where this channel is from. They're speaking something other than English. I think it might, it must be German, right? It's a Porsche. Anyhow, uh, the channel is Automobile. And they drag raced, they raced a Taycan Turbo S against a Model S P100D. Now, that's, that's the current P100D. It's not the plaid version they were testing at the Nürburgring. It's not any kind of uh, prototype. You can buy it right now. Whereas the Taycan, you still, you're still you lining up for who knows how long. Mm -hmm. So that's important to note, too. Tesla fans can be ups might be upset about that. But if you click the play button right now, the results here are surprising. The Tesla seems to hit the gas, not the gas pedal, hit the electric pedal sooner. But the Taycan ends up taking over and passing the Tesla before... The drag race is over, and it's a pretty short drag race. They'll show it one more time. It's such a short clip, too, 37 seconds. They show that the Taycan can corner faster, and they show that it can crush it in a straight line, and pretty quickly, too. Now, what's weird, some a weird takeaway for me, obviously I don't understand what they're saying, is it's wet out. Does it being wet out give an advantage to the Taycan Turbo S, I feel like the audio auto enthusiasts might have a comment on that because maybe the, the Taycan Turbo S could have some, some sort of a, a track package that the regular uh, run-of-the-mill P100D doesn't, wider tires, potentially different tire treads, tire options. There's a lot of things going on. But nonetheless... It's interesting. It's enough to get another article on Inside EVs, and it's enough for sure to 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 fuel the the battle between these two vehicles, which are set to just collide at some point here. Mm -hmm. Regardless, once people start getting their hands on this Taycan, and it's going to really it's pushing Elon Musk. We already know it because he rushed out to the Nurburgring when he saw the Taycan times, and he started going with the plaid, the crazy version Model yeah. S with the fat tires. Yeah, yeah. And so it's all fun. It's all good. But for now, I guess this is a check mark for Porsche over here. It's going to get Imagine the comments on this on this video. Let's go let's go read a couple comments on this video. All right. Fuel to the fire over here. Ooh. Oh, okay. 
This video is not even popular yet. It has 1,350 views at the moment. So I guess a few of you guys are going to go watch it now. 30, 37 thumbs up, 39 thumbs oh, down. Wait, wait. There's an original video. People are mad. Oh, okay. You're on the... That's weird. Oh, oh. someone had to rip it and put it on YouTube? That's okay. We don't need this uh, original TV now. I don't even know where you are right now. <laughs> Vox Automobili is the original source. I guess that's a TV show or something. Uh, let's see. The top comment here. A Raven Model SX does not have Model S P100D badge on the back. A performance Raven Model SX has dual motor with an underlined badge. It's so easy to spot the fake Raven videos out there. As soon as you see the P100D badge, you know it's an older model. So he's not happy of the, the model of P100D that was stacked up against this Taycan Turbo S. So maybe that's the next test that has to take place. View the reply on that comment real quick. Nowhere in this video did the host mention that the Tesla is a Raven model. Okay, I don't know. Maybe the Tesla guy's just, just mad about it. But that seems to be the test that people would love to see. They want to see the Raven model, yeah. latest mo uh, model P100D against the Taycan Turbo. On a sunny day. On a sunny day. Yeah. And in the rain and everything else. Sure. Yeah. And let's just remember, at the end of the day, it's everybody wins. Yeah. We don't have to get fired up. We don't have to get, we don't need all caps, yeah. do we? No. We don't need to get, this is fun stuff. It is. It's entertainment. Very much so. Anyhow, you can go check the video. You can go yell and scream and rant and do whatever you like because you're a human being. You have that right. Yes, you do. In some places. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>